0: Our scripture reading today is found in Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times seven. May the Lord bless bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father in heaven, may we forever praise your name for what you have done and keep doing for us. Father, you have a word for us this morning, and I pray that your Holy Spirit may come down with much, much power in our hearts and our minds, that we remember the most beautiful word, which is forgiveness. Hide me behind the cross. In Jesus' name. Amen. You ever find yourself not knowing how to forgive, not being able to forgive? Forgiving, but to find out that the pain of what that person caused you still remains there, and you may question whether you really have forgiven. I was at the airport at, eight, at age eight, seeing my mom and dad off to their own country. An eight-year-old didn't understand what was happening. Why is my mom and dad leaving me? Why am I not going with them? Years, you know, I, I went to my house that night expecting my parents to be with me. They were not there. I would start crying night after night. Why are my parents not with me? Have they abandoned me? My grandma would try to comfort me, but it was not the same as a mother would. I missed my mom. I missed my dad. And so I grew up thinking that my parents did not love me. I grew up thinking that my parents had abandoned me. How, how could they? How could they leave and leave their son? Occasionally they would come every three months, every summer for my birthday. Ever find yourself being mad at someone? Have you ever found yourself... Trying to forgive that person because they have offended you and, and, and you, you can't really look at them? How many times should I forgive someone? How many times should I forgive? How can this relationship ever re- be restored? Is what, was my question. How, how can I, I picture my parents' relationship in mind to be, you know, like the typical that I see or that I saw growing up? How does it look like to practice forgiveness? I was never taught that. How could I? My parents were not around. You ever find yourself that it's really hard to forgive that person? I did. C.S. Lewis once wrote, and he said, to forgive the incessant provocation of daily life. And he explains what this means in his words. To keep on forgiving the bossy mother-in-law the bullying husband, the nagging wife, the selfish daughter, the deceitful son. How can we do it, he questions. He then answers his own question, only, I think, by remembering where we stand, by meaning our words when we say I in our prayers each night, when we pray, forgive us our, at, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. He goes in to say, We offer forgiveness on no other terms. To refuse it is to refuse God's mercy for ourselves. There is no hint of exception on God an exception, and God means what he says. Yet you know it's interesting because the most hardest thing that a counselor faces is the lack of each partner being able to forgive one another. As, as people come to counsel, the hardest thing a counselor faces is that the couple, the married couple, cannot forgive themselves. They've hurt each other, they've disrespected each other, and now they can't even look at each other. Forgiveness is something we should be practicing our daily lives. I remember I was a, 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 I was a camp pastor, a summer camp, Mountain View Conference, it was the first time I had the title as pastor. I was a beginning you know i had I was studying to be a pastor, but this time you know you have the title as pastor, so you want I was trying to take it serious and and, and, and it, it doesn't seem and i don't know if, if this is your experience as well, but every time you faithfully try to serve the Lord, Satan has something up his sleeves see i was i was trying my best to be that camp pastor to go and spend time with the kids and try to have good sermons for the kids that they can relate to and so forth. And, and suddenly, because Satan always comes suddenly. There was a friend of mine that I thought was a friend of mine, and we shared good times. We, were, we had cried before and our pastor, I mean, we, we came from the same church for, to work in that camp, and suddenly... He would be with me. I would share my ideas with him. Oh, I think we should do with the kids. And he he would pump me up. He would encourage me. But then behind my back, he would start talking bad about me. Sometimes when we try to be faithful to God, Satan has something up his sleeve. And sometimes it's the people that you're closest to. You know, it's hard to look at a person the same way after you find out that that person has been talking bad about you. And how I, the one who was telling the kids, God loves you, I cannot love my brother. Have you ever find yourself trying to forgive, but you can't? I've been there. So why don't we forgive? Why is it that forgiveness is not practiced much? Why is it that our Christian community at times reflects the world? that we cannot forgive. You know, Mac, uh, MacArthur, one of the uh, famous theologians, and, and, and hear this out, and, and I was going through this process at the time with my parents and with this friend of mine. He says, forgiveness reflects the highest human virtue because, it's, it's, because it so clearly reflects the character of God. He keeps saying, a person who forgives is a person who emulates godly character. Nothing so much demonstrates God's love as his forgiveness. A person who does not forgive is therefore a person lacking in godly character. And without Christ-like love, no matter how orthodox his theology or how outwardly impeccable his morals may appear, he is not godly. A Christian who would not relinquish a hateful, resentful attitude towards someone who has wronged his, him as a person who knows neither the true glory of his redeemed humanity nor the true glory of God's gracious divinity. And, and this is what I, I, I want to... An un, un, it says, an unforgiving Christian is a living contradiction of his new nature in Christ. And I find myself, my, my teenager years, facing this dilemma. I had been baptized when I was 14. I had accepted the Lord, but how me thinking that my parents had abandoned me. How, how can I actually come together and, and say, Mom, and, you know, I, I, I usually, I, I tried and I held back many times, say, why did you do that? And many times I try to confront my friend saying, Why? but sometimes those people that are saying things about you, when you confront them, they act innocent. You see, and we're going to get to the reason why this is important, to, to, to learn how to forgive. And this is the, my author keeps saying, it is central, and, and, and this is powerful, it is central to the heart of God to forgive. And only the Christian who radiates forgiveness radiates true godliness. Let's open the Word of God to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Jesus has been preaching, Jesus wants to have that instilled in humanity that true forgiveness. That the central of God's heart is forgiveness. He he wants to tell his disciples, he wants to tell those people around him that if we do not forgive, if we do not learn how to forgive, then we cannot partake of godliness. Matthew 18. And just picture with me. See, Jesus is there, and, 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 and he's sitting. He's sitting there with his disciples. He's been talking to his disciples, and, and he's been telling about what little children, what we can learn from little children. He's been telling them, you know, if, if we are like little children, then we can inherit what? The kingdom of heaven. And, and, and not just that he 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 talks about uh, how to resolve conflict with brothers and sisters he He tells them not to to slander them and keep talking about them but to come and approach them. He gives us the secret on how to solve problems but 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 you see let 's take it a little deeper because in those days, remember Jesus is coming to redo everything that they 've been learning the The rabbis had had begun with these horrible legalistic teachings. There there was a common teaching that, that God would only forgive you three times. And after three times, you would just beg for mercy and just hope that God would forgive you. But they would say, if someone offends you, if someone does something wrong, forgive them the first time, the second time, the third time. And after the third time, you don't have to forgive. Jesus knows this, and he's sitting there with his disciples. He's been trying to make his point clear, and now he's he's trying to tell them something. And Jesus, in those days, he used parables. Parables were the way where he used to kind of tell them, this is what I mean. And Peter as always the man he was. He goes to Jesus, he knows that because he's been learning this, he, learned, he, he was raised growing up with this teaching that you could only forgive three times, but he's seen Jesus, and Jesus forgives many times, so he's trying to be even better than the rabbis. And he says to Jesus in, in, in Matthew 18, Matthew 18, verse 21, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how, what? how often shall my brother sin against me, and I what? I forgive him. See, Peter knew that the typical answer was what? Three in those days. And Peter in his mind is thinking, you know what? I'm going to say seven times. Double that. Maybe God's going to say I'm better, right? He says, up to seven times, question mark. And I love Jesus' answers. Jesus says, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to what? Seven times but up to 70 times seven. I can imagine Peter's jaw just, you know, open wide like, what? But what the rabbi said three times is enough. See, Peter is asking but, but let's not get wrapped up with the numbers here, 70 times, 7 times. It's Let, not that, because that was not Jesus' full intent that Peter would look at the times he needed to forgive. Jesus wanted to tell Peter that man can keep count of offense, but grace does not. Man can keep count of an offense, but grace does not. You see, and he goes with a parable and he says, the kingdom of God is like, and we're not going to go into details, but the, the parable talks about canceling a debt. And, 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 and if you keep reading the chapter, the, 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 there's this man who comes to the king and he asks for forgiveness. And the Bible says, according to the parable, that God does forgive. But yet he, that man has a servant, a slave that comes and asks for forgiveness to him who who had been forgiven. And what does the parable tell us? That he was, he got mad and he put him where? In prison. You see, when when you cancel a debt, and we're talking about forgiveness, and this was the process that God was trying to take me with my parents and with my friend. You see, when you forgive, it's like canceling a debt. You make a conscious choice to absorb the cost yourself. You choose not to make the offer, the the, the offender pay for what the offense has been. There's three things we can learn about this parable. You see, when you promise not, uh, when you cancel a debt, you promise not to bring up the debt and use it as leverage. I found myself talking to my parents sometimes, get angry. Why? Why? Why this and why that? I used what they had done as leverage. But when you cancel a debt, true biblical forgiveness, you do not look at that because you have canceled the debt. You see, number two says, you promise that you will not bring up the offense to others and slander the person who sinned against you. And let me make a parenthesis here. You see, you can get help. You, You can ask to speak about the matter, but not the way that you're gossiping over the situation. There's a difference between. And the third thing, when you, what happens when you cancel a debt? You promise not to dwell on the offense yourself. Not replaying the offense over and over in your mind because that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants you to learn to hate your brother and sister. And so he comes and he puts things in your mind and I began to resent my parents. I began to resent my friend who th- who I thought was my friend. Because I kept thinking, how is he speaking to me? Why did my parents leave me? Why did they abandon me? And that soon became part of my life. And that's what the enemy wants. But when you cancel a debt, you don't think about the offense in such a way because forgiveness is costly. Oh, it's costly. But not forgiving is more costly. You see, I was learning something, and I was learning that a failure to forgive was changing me. Have you ever felt that someone offended you, and and you're mad, and you can't even look at that person? And if you keep that sooner or later, that bitterness is going to turn you into the victimizer if you do not learn how to forgive not forgiving, can change you. Because Satan wants to change you into his own character, but Christ wants you to experience grace in abundance. So I was learning that, that, it was, that, that, that the lack of me forgiving my mom, my parents, was changing me in a way that I did not want to. But you see, I also would hear As I approached my mentors and as I as I asked for help, they would tell me, forgive and forget. Oh, how could I forget? How 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 do you tell a teenager, forgive and forget? How do you how do you explain that to an eight year old, forgive and forget? How do you explain to someone who has been abused, who has been raped, who has lost their kid, forgive and forget. I found myself as a teenager struggling with that phrase. Forgive and forget. True forgiveness is not forgetting. And many people base their answer on Jeremiah 31, 34, which says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. It's a beautiful promise. Indeed. But But you see, God is not a God who forgets. Yet, he it, 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 when when you look at the original language, when, when you look at the, Jeremiah thirty one thirty four in its context, this is what God is saying: I will not treat your, I will not treat you as your sins deserve. Instead, I will forgive you. You can forget about the pain, the resentment because God will take that away. But you can remember what God has done through your life as he you've learned to forgive. But I also find myself looking at my friend over and over again, going to God and saying, Lord, usually, typically, when you're not at fault, you want someone else to come to you and ask for forgiveness. Reality is that sometimes never happens. And I heard, and I wanted so bad to approach my friend and say, why are you doing this and why are you doing w- and, and after that, I was expecting a, I'm sorry. Did I ever get to sorry? I did not. See, true forgiveness learns to make peace vertically with God. Because sometimes that horizontal, that I'm sorry we're waiting for, will never come. And we have to learn how to love one another Vertically and let God take care of the horizontally. It was a tough time. I, I would go onto my knees and say, "Lord, help me. I can't." I will look at that. I will look at Him, and and, and 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 suddenly the thought came: He's He's. You know, we use this word "fake." He's fake. But I remembered, Lord, I gave it to you. I remember, Lord, you've forgiven me. How can I not? Because man counts the offense, but grace does not. And so I was learning this process. But you see, at the same time, I was learning that forgiveness is an event and a process. It's not just a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. But I also learned with this experience of my friend that forgiveness does not mean peace at all costs. My friendship with him was never and has never been, been the same because there was a breakage. And you see, that's okay. As long as you're able to love that person, it does not mean you have to become best buddies. It means that you have to be at peace with God and you are able to look, look at that person and say, I love you through Christ Jesus. I was learning this process. One day, talking to my mom. You see, because the end of true... When you choose to practice true forgiveness, the relationship is not just brought back to where it was before the offense. It actually moves further down the road to maturity. I was a teenager, resentful, didn't have a good relationship with my parents. I called my mom. We were talking. We usually call every week. And she just starts to tear up. I listen, and I remember her telling me, Marco, I never imagined my family, my own kids being raised by someone else. Oh, that tore my heart up. All these years I had been blaming them. Never had I asked how she felt, what she went through. And soon as I began to learn how to forgive, God revealed to me why things happen and played out the way they played out. You see, my parents are not seven-day Adventists. They're believers in God, but they don't go to a church. And if I had been raised with them, I would not be here where I am. You see, God had a plan for me And it was until I learned how to forgive, was that he made made it make sense to me. He was waiting to take my heart and say, Marco, man can count the offense, but grace does not. And I found myself like that Joseph story that God meant it all well. Because now I am a pastor. And because of my grandma who raised me, I am who I am today. I am where I am today. And if I had lived with my parents, I would not be here today. I learned to forgive my parents. That experience helped me learn to forgive my bro- my friend. And God can help you forgive your offender. Because you see, the important thing here is, and the the, the parable finishes. Let's look look at chapter eighteen, verse thirty-five. So, my heavenly Father also will will do to you if each of you, from his heart, does what does not forgive his brother. His trespasses. No wonder the theologian Mark MacArthur said it is central. It is central to the heart of God to forgive, and only the Christian who radiates forgiveness radiates true godliness. Have you ever found yourself not wanting to forgive? I've been there. Have you ever found yourself changing because you can't look at this person, you cannot talk to that person? I've been there. And God has been there. Romans 5, 8 says, Yet while we were sinners, Christ chose to die for you and I. I want to finish with the story of Cory ten Boom. A remarkable story of what forgiveness is. It was 1946. She had survived World War II. She had survived the Holocaust. She had, in be, she had been invited back to Germany. And as she is going back to Germany, those, remember, forgive, for, forgiving is not forgetting because she remembered. She steps into Germany and she, and it's like it was yesterday when she was at the Holocaust with her friend Betsy. It was like it was, it was yesterday that all those terrible things that had happened to her and her family. But she's here, a Christian, trying to speak to those people that were in the crowd, letting them know that God does forgive. At the end of her speech, she, she recalls that in those days, because of what had happened in Germany, everything, if, if a speaker came to speak, you would, everything would be silent, you would leave and it was silent. No one talked to one another they were still in the process of healing and so she speaks about forgiveness she says god can forgive any sins and god what god does he throw he he gives your he gets your sin and he throws it to the depths of the sea and he remembers no more and here she's speaking about this she finishes her speech and she waits for everything to clear up but suddenly she recalls that this big tall white man with blonde hair, blue eyes, kind of bulky, comes up to him. Memories start rolling in her head. That same person that was coming, she recognizes. It was one of her off, those officers that were in the Holocaust. She remembers those 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 stripe uh, uh, things, you know, um, ranks that he had in. The, I mean, she can picture the uniform on him, even though that uniform was never was never there at that moment. And her heart starts pounding. Her blood, she says, starts freezing. She does not know what to do. She has just spoken about forgiveness. And suddenly there's a hand stretched forward to her. And she freezes. She feels like it's forever, but it was just a couple of seconds. What is she going to do? She has to make a decision. She has just been preaching about forgiveness. And here is a man saying, In German, good day. I've heard you and I believe God has forgiven you, me. But I want to hear from you. Can you forgive me? She freezes. She has two choices. Push that man away and learn not to forgive or actually experience true forgiveness in Christ. She said, it, it, as it was like a mechanical hand just going up. It was, she was forcing herself, Lord, I can't do this, but you have called me to forgive and experience true godliness. And, and it's, your, it's my duty as a believer, as a child, to forgive, because who am I that you've forgiven me with all the things I've done? She stretched out her hand, and she said she forced it from her mouth, and her lips uttered, I forgive you. She said she had never felt before. It was like this electricity going down her body and it was for the first time ever that she truly experienced forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, this is what the gospel does. As we see Jesus on the cross, as we see what God has done for us in our lives, As we've seen time and time again how many times we've fallen short of the glory of God and God our Savior, our Redeemer picking us up over and over again. It is that love when it penetrates our hearts that we are able to forgive. Who are you thinking this morning? Who are you thinking about? Who is it that comes to your mind that you need to lay down at the feet of Jesus. For me, it was my parents. And let me tell you, what, me, my, my parents and I have a great relationship now. God, help me forgive. God, help me forgive my friend. I still talk to him once in a while. We're not best buddies due to distance and things like that, but the past is the past. Because man can count Offenses, but grace does not. Grace does not. So I challenge you as you go through the week, as you go through your Christian walk, pray about that one person that comes to your mind who has wronged you, or you have wronged, or maybe sometimes you feel like God has not forgiven you. Go to to God, ask for forgiveness. That person who has offended you will never, ever come back. Make peace with God today. Because God wants you and I to experience true godliness. He wants, to experience, he wants you to experience that peace that surpasses from all understanding. But is only done through love. Love will radiate love in you and to others. Who is that one person? Who is that one loved one? Church member. Today's the day to ask God and lay it at His feet. I want to be that person to experience true godliness. I want to have the same experience that Corey Ten Boom had. True forgiveness is costly, but not forgiving. It's more costly. Where are you today in your walk? Is God calling you to forgive? Is God calling you to share your love to that person, that offender? Who are you? Where are you? I had to approach my friend, not blaming him. Not approaching him saying, why have you been talking to me about this? Why have you been talking about me? I approached him. And I told him, hey, listen. I want to be honest with you. When I look at you, I don't like it. But you're my friend. And Jesus died for you as well. And if God can forgive you, who am I to not forgive you? We had reconciliation. We were supposed to wash our feet. God can do that. Who do you need to go up to and say, I'm sorry? But not just, I'm sorry. Name the offense. Say, I'm sorry for this. And experience true forgiveness. Or or you may experience that that person, that offender, may never come to you. But say, Lord... This person did this to me, and for years I've carried it, but today I want to lay it at your feet and remember no more. Where are you? Not remembering what that person has cost, but remembering what God can do in your life. I remember my my friend, what he has done. But I don't look at him the way I used to. Where are you today? Today's a day to lay it at Jesus' feet. Because it is through Christ that we, we can. Man can count the offense, but grace does not. Let's pray. Father in heaven, oh Lord, forgiveness can be hard. We are sinful by nature. We don't, Lord, I, I'm reminded of Paul in Romans chapter 7. Where it says, I want to do that which you tell me. But when I look at myself and when I look at my sinful nature, Paul says, I do that which I do not want to do. And Father, you know my life. You know our lives. Lord, it's not our nature to want to forgive. But Father, You went as far as to tell us that if we do not know how to forgive, You cannot forgive us. Father, please, I want each and one of us, I want myself as well, to be in heaven. I don't want to look at my brother or sister or loved one the way that I want to. I want to look at them the way you see them, with love in abundance. So Father, help us not count the offenses, but remember that grace does not count. Speak to our hearts, our minds, And if there is someone that we need to forgive, if there's someone that we need to approach, give us that desire because, Lord, we don't have it. We want to experience true godliness in our lives. We want to get closer to you. We want to be united in you. So as a church, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may give us A true spirit of forgiveness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.